This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. I really, honestly thought going into the draft, Matt, that because they signed Lamar to this big deal. Uh, that they were going to do what all these other teams do, which is, all right, well, we just paid your quarterback, so now go make, you know, uh, you know, go make magic happen with this second-rate, you know, receiver core. That's not what they did. I was actually surprised. They Baltimore actually tried to now then support the guys they invested in with more assets, which I love to see. They go and turn pick number 23. Uh, or 22 or whatever it was, into Zay Flowers out of Boston College. And I thought, man, that was a great pick. Yeah, man. Um, Zay Flowers was my receiver, too, in this class. And I'm such a big fan of him, and I'm such a big fan with this fit. And look, if you're out there right now and you're you're upset about Ravens receiver, whatever, this team's not going to be thrown for like 5,000 yards or something like that. But this is a new era of Ravens football with Lamar Jackson. Um, for one... We know they've hired Todd Monken as the offensive coordinator. Um, Greg Roman, I think the passing concepts, like this is what happens in a Greg Roman offense. We saw it in San Francisco. We saw it in Buffalo. And that's why everybody eventually moves on. Like he can get you started, but he can't get you all the way, basically, because mm-hmm. the passing concepts go stale. Todd Monken, meanwhile, you know, we he did great work at the collegiate level and with the run-heavy team in Georgia. But like when he's been in NFL – P- passing game specialist been in a, you know, his air raid background back to his early, early collegiate days. And then in the NFL, he's been like a pass heavy coach. He's been a guy who runs really aggressive downfield passing offenses. Obviously we think about that Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, it was a bit of a Freddie kitchens led disaster in Cleveland, but that was a downfield <laughs> trying to be a downfield right. passing offense there. Um, overall, just, Look, it's it's just going to be night and day from 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 the passing game concepts of Greg Roman to the passing game concepts of Todd Monken. That's huge. But then you just look at this receiver core: Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman. Uh, you know, Devin Duvernay is maybe like their fourth receiver. He was going into the season as their number two receiver last year. Mm-hmm. And Devin Duvernay is right. like a nice little gadgety kind of player, but he's not like a legit every down receiver. So. Zay Flowers joins this group, and again, big fan of Zay Flowers. Um, His 73.1% success rate versus man was awesome, 80.6% against zone, 72.7% against press coverage. Man, I mean, just look, I talked a lot about Zay Flowers on the show and how big of a fan I was. Despite his size, he shows you an ability to play all three receiver positions, to get open at all three receiver positions, to be a guy who beats – press coverage on the outside despite being a smaller player it's it's hard to not get really excited about his fit here especially from a vertical sense you know you look at his route tree right. success rate on reception perception big time success rate on nines posts uh right around average success rate on corner routes that ability to get downfield is going to be what it makes is a differentiating factor i, I think between 
um, Zay Flowers and some of the other guys we've seen take snaps for this team recently. Um, and 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 man, the <laughs> you, you what gets me really excited is about this receiver trio together. Um, think about these receiver rooms with Lamar and the Ravens. You know, it's like Sammy Watkins twice. Michael Crabtree's been here on his last legs. Demarcus Robinson was taking big time snaps. <laughs> and so like I put it out uh -huh. on Twitter. It's like, I'm ready to have my heart broken by injuries. Cause you For know, sure. we've got Beckham and Bateman. They are obvious huge health question marks, but most recent reception perception success rates for all three of these guys. Um, Zay flowers, obviously I just mentioned 73.1% Odell Beckham, 72.3% in 2021 Rashad Bateman in 2021, 72.7% success rate versus man coverage. All of them in that most recent season, 80% or better against zone coverage, all of them over 70% success rate versus press. Like I, that's a great, again, I'm ready to have my heart broken by injuries. I understand Bateman needs to stay healthy. Beckham, obviously we don't know what he has left, but the last time we saw these guys play is there. It's been good potential from all of them. This could be an incredible receiver trio. And I think all three of these guys, like James, where, where do you think Odell Beckham takes most of his snaps? Where do you think Bateman takes most of his snaps or flowers? Like, I think all of them could line up anywhere. Yeah. That's what makes them very versatile, right? They're, they're very multiple. Uh, I think Bateman probably needs to line up mostly outside. That's fine. But Odell, I think we've seen, he can move around. Um, and at this point in his career, too, relying on him, I think, to be a true number one is, is a mistake. Agreed. Um, but we don't know what the injury situation is. He didn't play football last year. Uh, and so that is a little bit of a concern as well. But on paper, Matt, you're right. There's a lot to really, really like, uh, especially with now with the addition of Zay Flowers. I think he just adds a little bit of oomph, a little bit of juice uh, to that wide receiver core. Can you talk about, okay, so you look at Odell Beckham, uh, you know, he's the slant king. Uh, he could play a little bit outside. We kick him inside, play inside as well. Bateman, I think, uh, profiles primarily as a, some kind of outside receiver. I don't know if he's a true X, uh, especially after the injury, but certainly he can line up outside. Uh, what can Zay Flowers do? Uh, look, I, I love his, you know, uh, when the ball gets in his hands, uh, but what can this guy do to kind of sort of get open? Where does he where does he live? Where does he succeed? And what does he bring to the Baltimore Ravens offense? Yeah, um, he went down on first contact on just forty eight point seven percent of his in space attempts. You know, he broke multiple tackles on fifteen point four percent. So you're right, he's a yak weapon, and and I think for that reason, he probably profiles best as a slot. Um, and again, the the success rate on short routes is really high too. You know, uh, good on slants, good on flat routes. It's just really what he does on on curls and like some more vertical routes that makes you think like, yeah, he could be like I, I compared him to Deontay Johnson in this way that he can be like an outside, despite it being a smaller guy, could hack it as an outside X receiver, which is what we've seen from Deontay. And, and I think Deontay's a mistake prone player. Zay Flowers can be a bit of a mistake prone player as well. Um, maybe not quite as extreme, but, you know, I, I think like. I think the verticality of his game and some of the, what he can do when, when you get him a free release, even though he's really good against press is what I think makes him a really great fit for this offense. Cause like Lamar loves to work on like deep post routes. Lamar loves like he's a better over the middle passer than he is deep outside the numbers. And I think like from an ideal alignment perspective, I agree that like you don't want Odell Beckham to be your number one, you know, receiver. He doesn't really have to be in this offense. I think he's probably like what he was with the Rams last time we saw him was a true backside X receiver 
who could run like backside digs, get open against press man coverage while Cooper Cup was the front side player. Uh, it's like, okay, they've taken away Cooper Cup. Like I know my backside receiver here in Odell Beckham as a true X is is going to get open against press man coverage is what he did really well with the with the Rams and even with the Cleveland Browns. And then you have like, yeah, I think Rashad Bateman could be your flanker. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's been he's been good in the NFL. I, I think Bateman is so misunderstood that he's been this like bad player. He's just been so banged up. And then right. um, then Zay Flowers, yeah, could be your slot receiver. So that's a really good three receiver set. And oh, by the way, they also have Mark Andrews too. Who's oh yeah, by the way, yeah. Mark. By the way, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I I think like I you could tell me that Odell Beckham leads the team and catches yards and touchdowns. You could tell me that Rashad Bateman leads the team and like wide receivers, you know, maybe Mark Andrews. Yeah, it's going to be Mark Andrews across the board. Right. Let's be real. Right, right. But, but like, okay, you tell me OBJ leads the team, yeah. leads the wide receiver room in yards, catches touchdowns. I could believe it. You tell me it's Flowers. I could believe it. You could tell me it's Bateman. Mm. I could believe it. Like, I think these guys are all really good and are really set up to, to complement each other. All right, so so we love the pick um, in real life purposes, but can can I throw out some disgusting stats for you here that uh, may give some people out there pause? And listen, this show we talk about it all the time. This show really straddles the line between real football and fantasy football. We talk about stats, we talk about fantasy and production, but man, we just love to just talk about real life ball um, as well. But I'll, I'll throw out some a couple stats here that are a little bit disgusting. Uh, last year, Baltimore threw to wide receivers in the slot, not players in the slot, but wide receivers in the slot, a league low. You're not going to believe this number, but they were the league low by a wide margin. They only threw to wide receivers in the slot 47 times last year. Total. Total. Oh my God. Second lowest was Atlanta, and we know Atlanta for the first half of the year, maybe the first twelve games, they, they didn't throw the ball. Period. Yeah. Okay, and they were they were at seventy eight targets to wide receivers lined up in the slot. That's, I that's mean, crazy. you know, uh, that's crazy. So Baltimore under uh, in uh, in their previous OC regime did not throw to wide receivers in the slot. Now, look, I get it. There's a lot to be said about Mark Andrews lining up inside and getting those kind of interior targets. I get that. But 47 targets, <laughs> 47 all year long to wide receivers in the slot. Come on, man. That is crazy. Um, I just wonder what Todd Monken's offense is going to look like. I think they're going to open it up a little bit more. Um, and the other thing too, Matt, uh, and this is another disgusting stat, um, but of the 32 teams uh, in the NFL, do you, do you remember the NFLPA um, player report cards that came out about, oh, I don't know, probably oh, a yes. couple months ago? Yes. The Baltimore yes. Ravens ranked their strength coaches an F minus, dead last. 32 out of 32 teams, they ranked the players themselves, ranked their own strength coaches an F minus. And now that goes back to you, you think about all the injuries that have piled up. Um, and actually this off season, uh, the team did part ways with their strength coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be some new strength coaches in there uh, for 2023. So we're going to see how, you know, um, the injury situation kind of sort of plays out. But uh, this team, man, has been one of the most injury ridden teams in the NFL. Um, there's been a lot of question marks around their strength coaches and, and the players themselves. They're telling you. Their strength coaches are ass. <laughs> and that's how bad it is. F minus grade. 
from the Baltimore Ravens players, man. Like that is crazy, dude. Uh, by the way, uh, this is from the NFLPA. 30 of the 32 teams gave their strength coaches positive reviews. Baltimore was only one of two teams that, um, you know, was, was in the bottom tier. They're the only team uh, to give their, their, their strength coaches an F minus. That's, that's how bad uh, it was in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, not only do the players tell you through that um, survey, but after the survey came out, a ton of former, you know, Ravens players, even, and Rashad Bateman too, when Eric DaCosta is like, yep. yeah, you know, we haven't had recent success with receivers and stuff like that. And, you know, he de- in a sense deleted all the tweets, but he w- fired back and was like, how about you focus on keeping us healthy and all this stuff, you know, like (laughs) he's been banged up ever since he got there after not being like a banged up player at Minnesota. Um, You know, a ton of like former Ravens players, you know, Matthew Judon said like, I, yeah, I've been told, like told them to fire him, fire this guy, Derek Wolf, who, who went with the, he retired and he's, you know, he said the Ravens strength staff was terrible. Carl Davis said I was definitely a victim of the strength coaches. Two labrums, multiple pec tears. And the crazy part is uh, Dog went on and said I wasn't working hard and I was being rebellious, you know. Oh, my God. Um, Bam Bradley uh, <laughs> said like five-month post-ACL, unsuccessfully doing the same Jesus. workouts as people with healthy knees. It's never sat right with me. Uh, Quincy um, I, I, Adeobo, I'm probably butchering his name, but definitely it said definitely ruined my career. Three season-ending injuries in a row after being Good healthy God. my entire career prior. So, yeah, I mean, maybe – and I'm not equating what Greg Roman was doing to whatever. You know, I think it was Steve Saunders was the guy. And, you know, yeah, he had Steve some – they right. had a huge, like, COVID vi- outbreak. Remember that whole thing? Like, they had a huge COVID outbreak because of stuff with, with Saunders. Um, so I'm not equating Greg Roman to that, but maybe if we get Greg Roman's offense out of there and we get this – Looney Tunes strength uh, coach. <laughs> we can keep the Ravens healthy. We can keep them on the field and we keep the on-field product much better than it used to be. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Like what the actual fuck, man? Like it doesn't make sense. Like if you're the Ravens, why are you holding on to stupid Steve? Son- Who cares? He's a freaking strength coach. Like your players tell you this guy's trash, dude. Like what is going on? It doesn't, it don't make no sense, man. I don't understand. Yeah. Anyways. I was, I was, hope- I, I, it's a crazy too. Like the, you know, I was listening to like a, something Pat McAfee said about this. where like, you know, you, the strength, the strength and conditioning coach and like the training staff has to be like the most well-liked person. Um, they have to be like the most well-liked people on the team because everybody that's banged up, everybody that's injured is in a bad mood. Like, and if you're making that worse, like, cause they're not only like, they're not playing, they're not, you know, that's frustrating. And somebody else is playing ahead of them. That's frustrating. Yep. And like, if you're in there making it worse, like, yeah, you can just rot the whole team from the core. So it is crazy that this went on for so long with the so Ravens. Insane. All right. So Jordan Addison, best fit for you in the first round, Zay Flowers, second best fit for you in the first round, but the first player taken first wide receiver taken off the board was actually Jackson Smith and Jigba to Seattle. You've got him there with the third best fit of the players there in the first round explain. Yeah. I'm not, I look, I, I love JSN to the Seahawks and I think me too, this 
might be the most complimentary wide receiver trio in the entire NFL. Like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Because like what DK Metcalf does so well as a X receiver who is a press man coverage beater, he's not that great against zone coverage, but he a press man coverage beater and is going to win on vertical routes. He's going to win on slant routes. And I mean, he's more of a full field player than he used to be, but I mean, he's still again, a linear X receiver, Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett, you know, he can win out of the slot, but he's more of like a vertical slot receiver when he's in there. And then we know he's a full field route runner as an outside receiver as well, based on reception perception. Um, and, and then you get JSN who like gives you so much as a slot, you know, gives you so much in that right. intermediate area, so much like of the layup routes that I think because the route trees for Lockett and Metcalf are so vertical based. Now you're going to have, DK Metcalf dictating coverages on the outside. You're going to have Tyler Lockett dictating coverages on the outside. And then you have uh damn JSN working with so much space in the middle. That's just a great fit as well. So I, I love Jackson Smith, the Jigba there to give Geno Smith more of a layup route presence. Um, right. And they were getting, they're obviously getting nothing, nothing, nothing out of the third receiver position the last few years. So this wide receiver trio is, is set up to be um, one of the very best, very, very soon in the NFL. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great, great room. So what an investment too, by the Seahawks and like a, you know, know. A, a wide receiver trio. I mean, they ended up taking another running back in the second round. So I'm, you know, I can't give them too much credit, but um, <laughs> Pete Carroll still committing to the bit in yeah. some ways, but that three receiver set is really awesome. You know, uh, again, you take a look at D- DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and, and, uh, look, you, you have pounded the table talking about Tyler Lockett being underrated throughout his entire career. He might, I mean, legitimately, he's he's probably the most underrated player um, in the NFL. Uh, he's a legitimate, like, you know, superstar downfield. He could run every route. Uh, he's just productive as all get out. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Guy's just a consummate professional. You've never heard anyone say a bad thing about Tyler Lockett ever. He makes yeah, spectacular stuff. catches. I, I mean, the guy does it all. He's just not a household name. You know, yeah. it's it's and it's weird. It doesn't really make all that much sense. Okay, now that being said, this is a guy that has floated outside inside. He's play, played a lot of speed slot because he can. Uh, you know, he li- he can live inside. He he primarily plays outside, but last year he was kind of basically a 65-35 outside-inside. So about 35% of his snaps uh, were taken inside. You take a look at JSN and his role on this team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to run just exclusively 11 personnel, uh, but it seems like, Matt, they would need to go to 11 personnel for JSN to see the field. Yeah, and I feel like that's probably – you would think you 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 have two of these guys Metcalf and Lockett on long term contracts. Um, yeah. Lockett might be coming up soon at some point, but you know you have these on multiple year deals, and then you take a receiver in the first round. You're not just going to take a first round pick and sit him on the bench, you know, especially when mm-hmm. you're in a really interesting window with Geno Smith. And um, I think they, I think the Seahawks would be one of like the the four best teams in the NFC right now with just how well set up they are um, from a talent perspective. So yeah, I, I definitely see them going more towards 11 personnel to get JSN on the field. And um, I, I wonder if how much he and Lockett alternate the slot position. Um, Cause you know, you're definitely not putting Metcalf in the slot. It's just not his game. Uh, so how often will we see JSN as a slot versus as the flanker? And then obviously vice versa for Tyler Lockett. And um, you know, 
I guarantee you now from like, yeah, you mentioned fantasy football earlier. Like I, I guarantee you, like from a fantasy perspective, people are going to be like, well, Tyler Lockett's going to lose a big target share to JSN. And then like <laughs> DK Metcalf will probably lose the bigger target share. Cause like, yeah. tell me, tell me why That's Lockett's funny. not a better player than DK Metcalf. I know he's older, whatever lock, uh, you know, DK Metcalf's got the size and all that stuff. But I mean, it just consistently as, or more productive than DK Metcalf through the course of his career. No, you're he's right. a, He's a better separator, you know. He just that's not, and that's not even a shade to DK Metcalf. It's just like how good Tyrell Lockett is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to see how these guys line up. It's going to be really fascinating. But I, I love the fit of JSN here. Is like, it's just I love when receiver cores are you know built to complement like all these guys to complement each other. And I think this one does that really well. I think what I said on draft night, what I tweeted out was like, look, I love the pick in real life. Fantasy, I'm not interested. In, in Jackson Smith and Jigba at all, like 0%. He's got two superstar wide receivers in front of him. Um, you know, it's, it's Seattle's middle of the pack in terms of total pass attempts. Um, and I, I just don't even know how much he's going to see the field. Hey, we talk about 11 personnel percentage-wise. Um, Seattle actually ran 11 personnel um, at the, what is it, the uh, seventh lowest rate in the NFL. I don't think, just given Pete Carroll, I don't think they're going to reconfigure that that much, to be honest with you. And I get it. They spent a first round pick uh, on a highly productive player from a big school, uh, from a big school. And, and again, they spent really high draft capital on him. But uh, Pete is Pete, man. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't see him changing it uh, too often. And by the way, who's to say he's wrong? Listen, this right. guy. This guy absolutely resurrected Geno Smith's career. And now that we take a look back with a, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you take a look at, you know, um, Russell Wilson's career with that lens on, I think you could absolutely make the, the argument um, that Pete also basically made Russell Wilson into what he was as well, you know? So... I don't know, man. Like, like I would love to see JSN on the field and in, in like for Seattle to open it up. But bro, we've been saying that for like a decade plus, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Pete Carroll has a fundamental philosophy. That's uh, play strong, de- try to play strong defense, which obviously has failed miserably over the last five, six years. Uh, but he wants to play <laughs> some stronger defense. And you know what, when he doesn't have a good defense, and even if he does have a good defense, uh, he wants to limit their exposure by trying to run the ball and drain the clock a little bit. So, and again, listen, there's a lot of different philosophies out there, but I just think it's interesting. Like Pete Carroll has this, you know, he, he's got this old school mentality, but I do think that he tries to protect his defense just a little bit uh, by trying to run that clock and drain the ball, man. So uh, I'll be interested. I will be interested to see. Uh, where how much JSN actually plays in his rookie campaign and how much of a, a more of a, a look forward. You talk about the contracts and the age and stuff like that for Lockett. Uh, I just wonder how much of this is trying to protect uh, their future, you know, offensive capabilities as well. Yeah, it's a good point. And like, I don't think you ever want Gino as much as Gino showed you last year. I don't think you want him out there. Like, all right, you've got DK Metcalf and D Eskridge as your number two receiver, or, you know, you want to just make Gino's life as easy as possible. Right. Um, and I think this helps do that. And yeah, you're right. Even last year when they were really good, like in the first few weeks of the season, 28, 30, 44, 30, 25, 31, 27, that's the first seven weeks. That's their pass attempts for Geno Smith. So it's never like they were really cranking it up. It just no. knock it Metcalf for good. Cause there was nobody else to really 
dedicate targets to now there is i will say though you know shane waldron's the offensive coordinator here i think shane waldron was really good with gino last year gino was really good running that like shanahan style offense and we have at least seen you know waldron comes from the rams sean mcveigh we've seen sean mcveigh flip identities between and waldron was on the staff between like a heavy two tight end team with gerald everett and um tyler higby to like when they'd open it up as like a full 11 personnel team so um maybe we see a similar shift with seattle their draft picks would indicate that but again they didn't take another damn running back in the second round zach charbonnet uh (laughs) out of ucla by the way (laughs) yeah no i that's gonna i the 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 knives and forks and and swords and shields already out on fantasy twitter with charbonnet and Kenneth Walker and I, I'll tell you what I'll be participating in none of those discussions. Yeah, I got people. <laughs> I've got people. Ta- I've got people tagging me. Um, Why are they tagging you? What's going on here? No, no, no I've got people tagging me in like a uh, Do- Dove Kleinman, you know, the insider, uh-huh. what yeah, insider, yeah, oh, yeah. In, in you know the the aggregator on Twitter, the NFL yep. News, whatever. They got people tagging me in like this Jalen Hyatt video he posted with, and people like explain your process. I'm like, uh, no, I will not be. I'm not going to be on Twitter arguing in Dove Kleinman's mentions. Jesus, I got a, I got a life. I got enough going on. I will not be. I will. I yeah, no, no, thank you. Oh my God, what what are you gonna? Are you serious? You're gonna, you're asking another you know evaluator to to explain himself in someone else's mentions. What's wrong with you guys out there on Twitter, man? This is craziness. Um, that's scared. funny. That's great. Uh, is this is this the clip where they said uh, there was a coach that that was talking to Jalen Hyatt? We're we're getting off the rails here, but uh, it's like, oh, you know, you're just about speed. And Jalen's like, oh, no, 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 no. I, and he was talking about his route running ability. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Well. We'll I mean, we'll cover it on the Hyatt section. We'll cover it on the Hyatt section. Yeah, next podcast. We'll break, Which, by the we'll way, break. listening, uh, listening to us. I know uh, for our our loyal fans, uh, you know that uh, during the off season we only have one show, but the draft is so big and uh, there's so many moving parts, man. We we felt like we had to do two shows this week. So look for another episode um, tomorrow as well. So that will be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, listen, I, anyone who's saying explain yourself, Matt Harmon, bro, just what are you talking about? Just go turn on like a Tennessee game. Like it's not, it's right there for you. It's right there for you. I mean, how are you going to look at Jalen high and be like, yeah, this guy's an exquisite route runner. Get the, get out of here, dude. It's, it's so, I'm not a wide receiver of value, but it's so obvious. It's so obvious. You know, like, what are you yeah. talking about? It's, it's Which is why he went in the third round, not the first round where people were like mocking him. So but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll on, talk, we'll on. talk, we'll do an in-depth breakdown on the Dove Kleinman video. That he All right, love it tomorrow. I love it. <laughs> I love it.